What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 107 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant, presented by the Variety Sports Network. Uh, be sure to follow at Variety underscore sports underscore subscribe to the YouTube channel. All of that great stuff. Check out VarietySportsNetwork.com for all of the podcasts, all of the written content, everything that you could possibly imagine under the Variety Sports Network ban- banner. Follow us at FEOTV Pod on all our social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All that great stuff. You can catch Top of the Mountain on our YouTube channel Fridays now. Uh, you can listen to that show wherever you get your podcast as well on Fridays. I'm going to plug that one. Uh, recurring guest of this show, Rev Coco, my co-host on on Top of the Mountain. That's coming out to you every Friday. We are doing a fantasy league, so be sure to keep up on that. If you're in the fantasy league, good luck. We're all counting on you. We have some prizes that we talk about in this episode, lose. but it's yeah, you're gonna it's you're not going to win the championship. That's okay. Just patience. Fifty percent of the battle. So. Be sure to check out the entire episode. It's jam-packed. First week of football. Football is back. So uh, without further ado, Nico, football, we just got to get into, get into football and start There's talking about football. There's a couple back this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe the GOAT's back. Maybe the GOAT's back. I'm not going to spoil everything, but maybe the GOAT's back. If you're oh, watching the, the trailer, maybe the GOAT's back. He, 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 he may be back this week. I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know, man. It's a big week's good returns. It's back, baby. Let's roll. Baby, Let's don't stay down and you never quit. Come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. You never thought that a podcast from a former offensive lineman and a former fullback would be just the grittiest podcast of all time. But here we are. It's 9.30 Tuesday night, the night before you all are listening to this. I just got home from pulling a 15-hour day all the way through uh, since 6 a.m. this morning. But I needed to get this done. It's the best week of the year. It's the best best week of the year. We, we, We don't have another week until middle of March where we don't have football. It's it's oh, as as the degenerate gambler as myself that makes me so happy. I don't have to scratch and claw for baseball lines. I can just find whatever football line player prop that I want and just ride that shit till I die. And it's oh, it's so nice. We made it. We made it through the off season. We somehow yeah. made it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good day. It's a great week. It's uh the opening of the NFL season. We had football coming back on Thursday night. We'll have the return of our pick'em. Uh, we will be talking about some major basketball news because there was a trade that happened. College football, uh, college football playoff proposal. There is some shifts going on, uh, so we have plenty to get into. It's going to be a football-heavy episode, rightfully so. It's going to be the major topic for the next however long. I, I told Nico this is going to be our pretty much set strategy for the next few weeks. And even when basketball and the NHL come back, this is going to be a majority of what we're talking about. But before we do want to mention, we are presented by the variety sports network, follow them at variety underscore sports underscore on all their social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, If you weren't aware, we are doing an NFL show. It's going to be twice a week, Sundays and Tuesdays. Uh, I will be one of the co-hosts, one of the main co-hosts on the Sunday night show. It's called Talking the Gridiron. It's live on the Variety Sports Network YouTube channel. Nico will be making appearances when he's available and not traveling all over the place Every like other a madman. Yeah. As you can see, you probably start to see the, 
partial sunburn tan I have on my shoulder. Yeah, it's uh, finally I'm home for a week and a half at least. So a week and a half, home. your apartment's like you're, you probably have to get used to where everything is in your, in your apartment. Yeah, so. I, I get lost very easily nowadays around here. Yeah, uh, and be sure to follow us on our social medias at well at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see uh, my other show on the Variety Net- Sports Network, our D2 football show, Top of the Mountain, with uh, frequent guest of this show, recurring guest, Reb Coca. He and I talk a little bit about RMAC football. That comes out Fridays. That's also dropping on our YouTube channel. So you should subscribe there, leave a like, comment on the video, and uh, tell a friend about us. Because that's the best way to get the word out, is just word of mouth about independent sports podcasts. Because uh, we enjoy doing this twice a week. Or excuse me. I do it twice a week now with oh, all Jay my other shows. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> well, enjoy well, doing this yeah. every single week. And uh, we hope that you enjoy listening to it as well. So be sure to, wherever you're listening, follow, five-star rating, leave a review. Say it all the time, but it never hurts. Um, and if you are subscribed or following, unfollow and refollow. Because if you unfollow and refollow, you'll spam us in the algorithm. And that's good for everybody involved. It's good for everybody involved. Just know that. Okay. Nico? Donovan Mitchell. Biggest one of the, well, first of all, the biggest downfall and, and, or the quickest just adios, see you later um, downfall of an organization I've seen in a very long time. Utah Jazz, two years ago, beginning of this podcast when we first started, were one of the best teams in the West. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference, not last year, but the year before. And, you know, we all know what happened in the bubble. That little 3-1 debacle kind of just shafted the world. And then and then this news, you trade Gobert for literally everything that Minnesota has. And then you trade Donald Mitchell for nothing of what Cleveland has, which is kind of funny. So the deal is Donald Mitchell goes to, goes to Cleveland. In return, they, they get Laurie Markkinen, uh, which doesn't really matter that much. They'll just be a fill-in piece until they get better draft picks. And then you have uh, Colin Sexton, which is the big piece coming back. Three firsts, and I believe two seconds. Which, in all honesty, for Donovan Mitchell, is not much. And if you're Cleveland right now, you have an absolute wagon. You got you got a backcourt of Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell, who are, who are going to be it's going to be the best backcourt duel he's had in his career. Mike Conley is good, but not that good. And Garland's an absolute bucket. And then you have Mobley, the outstanding rookie from last year, who was the rookie of the year. And then throwing that, the big motherfuckers, Jared Allen in the starting lineup. This team, all of a sudden in the East, is dangerous. It is a team you don't want to run into because they have they can hit you in so many different spots. They're young. They're hungry. They're lengthy. They got a good coach. I mean, Cleveland – this is for you. Like, well, here we go. Like, come on now. They may be back. It, it could Ooh, be back. And the Eastern Conference, too. It's You haven't established an alpha. I Boston won it last year. It could have been Miami just as easily. It could have been Milwaukee, Milwaukee just as easily, yeah. too. So there isn't an alpha male dominant team that you have to run through, like in the West with Golden State. So, yeah, I, I don't see this being a terrible move for Cleveland, and it makes them a whole lot better. And now oh, you never know how it plays out could end up being like Chicago where somebody gets hurt and then the whole thing blows up on itself when you had a really promising start or it, it could just be another season where they're arguing or fighting for a play-in spot. And then once you make the tournament, anything can happen really, but it, it's not like it's a bad thing to add a guy like Donovan Mitchell, oh, a guy that was coveted like that and could have gone, probably had a ton of different offers from a ton of different teams. And this just happened to fit whatever Utah, Utah is doing. Wanted, yeah. I, I feel Utah like Utah's wanted. 
they're still dealing with some karma from that Rudy Gobert coronavirus outbreak incident. Like just a little bit. It all comes back to bite them in the reality. But the thing is, like the, the biggest news out of this was the Knicks not getting him. So people forget who's the you know who the general you probably don't know this, but you know who the general manager is in Utah right now? Uh, no, I do not. Danny Ainge. Okay, former, I heard the name. Former general manager for the Boston Celtics for over twenty years. And who does Boston hate more than they than they than anyone in the world? The state of New York, <laughs> and you because look, the New York Knicks. If they if this is obviously this is all verbatim. Who knows if this is actually true? If they offered R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, um, three firsts, and and like and like a, a couple second round picks. It's better than they what they what they would have got in in uh, uh, in Cleveland. Danny Ainge said, nah, fuck you, New York. <laughs> we're, you're, you don't get nothing nice. We're going to send him to a different foe, a team that honestly probably not as good of a deal, but you know what? We don't like you, Boston. We, Boston doesn't like New York. New York doesn't like Boston. That's just how it always will be. And it's just funny how he pulled a quick one on them and said, nah, fuck you. Like, like you can offer me all you want. I'm going to jack up the price on you. But when it comes to Cleveland, no, you guys are a fun team. You know, I'll give you a bit of love, make your life a little bit easier. So we'll work together here new york no fuck you it's hilarious damian Ainge is one of the most spiteful people in nba history with all the trades he's ever done whether it be the ray allen thing debacle when he went to the heat also he is he is he is fucking stingy as hell and man when it comes to boston no get the hell away from me it's typical masshole uh bravado pride arrogance i don't know what you want to call it thinking that you can do whatever you want and it's not going to come back to bite you uh you set up your franchise in a worse situation. So not only did you pull a fast one on your hated rival, you pulled a fast one on your current franchise for the franchise that you used to work for. If that is all true, like you said, it's not, this isn't something that's set in stone that we all understand. It's just fun to think about. And yeah, Austin. Yeah. We're analysts here. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're analysts, but honestly, Danny Ainge would be like one of us is running is a GM of a team where he has fan bias and he holds grudges apparently. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. It, it makes no sense. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad. Obviously, I'm glad that Utah is not going to be able to enjoy whatever run they thought they were going to have. Uh, Utah is an absolute shambles. And it's they're one of the it's easiest like teams to root against, too. That's the crazy thing. They're never yeah. good, but they're just really easy not to like. It's just like that team is just does nothing ever right. Like, like, like their fan base this, sucks. Probably, not, not their they, fan they base probably, sucks, they, but their fan. The fan base doesn't really care enough. They like care, but they don't care enough. And when they do care, they they turn a racist racist yeah, around say. and just fucking yeah. pull dumb shit all the time. So it's it's like that happens. And then you, you had probably one the one of the greatest one two punches in, in NBA history and John Stockton and Carl Malone, and you don't even get a ring. And yes, Michael Jordan was there and you ran to him in the finals. He didn't play for some of those years. Two years there where he didn't play. So you could have got one there as far as I'm concerned. And they just, like I said, fumble, bag, fumbled at totally completely. You had a great one-two punch that could have set you up for a long time and Mitchell and, and um Bear, and it was the downfall. It was like they didn't trust Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach. I, I think he got a job. I don't remember. Honestly, it's been a long offseason. So I don't remember, but he is a hell of a coach, and I can't believe they just let him walk out, just out the door and be like, no, we don't, we're fired. We don't want you anymore. And expect to think that Mitchell and Gobert are going to stick around. 
Like that's not going to happen. The reason why Utah was not good or not or not what they should have been was injuries and playoff performances. They tried to add Mike Conley, tried to help him that, but their defense, when it came down to it, was terrible. Jordan Clarkson got the job done for them. But besides that, man, they they could not stop a damn horse if it, if it left dependent on it in that in that second group. So it's it is what it is. Like I said, I'm happy about it. I don't like Utah, but. There goes one of the Nuggets' rivals, right? For for three or four years now, the rivals been Utah and Denver. That's gone. Maybe it's yeah. us and Phoenix now. Who knows? Maybe it's us and Portland again. Maybe Dame Lillard is coming back. But this division, like, it is it is weird. Like you said, we don't talk about NBA divisions like we do about like football. But talk about it. Thunder are going to be asked. Utah is terrible. Minnesota, who knows what we're going to see from them? Uh, and then you have Portland. Like, I, I don't see how the Nuggets don't, don't win the division again. Like, the division. As cocky as that is, like, like who, who, is, who is more who – is, who is the team that doesn't have to prove as much? It's the Nuggets. Everyone else in that division has something to prove. Can Dan Mullen do this on his back? Can, can Minnesota do the, the spirit experiment with Cat and Gobert? Who knows? Like, it's just a whole, whole sh- sh- shebang. And then we're over here just be like, we just need to get healthy. We're gonna have the yeah, yeah most consistent sense. most consistent attack that is is gonna be in the division. I would say too, Utah not being good, not having superstars like they have, should help you in your own playoff seating. We always have to art and fight yeah. with Utah down the stretch. Like who's gonna be a three? Who's gonna be the four? Who's ending up on the side of this team or that team? Now you should be able to play it. I would say that the Nuggets have a pretty good shot at the at the two seed in the Western conference, maybe the three, if Phoenix is able to bounce back, but honestly with the way Phoenix collapsed, collapsed in the playoffs and the whole uh, situation where he doesn't want to be there, but he's there still like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, so I, I think two to three in the West should be the expectation given Murray and MPJ come back healthy. Jokic is able to continue to produce. Like we all know he will not going to probably most likely not going to be a third back to back to back MVP season, but he can still be, the best player, best big man offensively in, in the league. Um, there's going to be plenty of NBA news to talk about, and this makes the Eastern Conference even that more exciting, so much more exciting. So now we won't just have to focus on the heat. We can talk about the Cavs too. Um, yeah, it's a little bit, little bit of content, as we like to say, like a little, little more juice everywhere. <laughs> he's squeezing out as much as we can. And uh, before we squeeze out all of this college football, because – Week one, it's beautiful. I love – I kind of like that there was no NFL football because you got college football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I know that the Monday game was eh, – didn't, didn't really turn anybody's fancy, but it was college football five days in a row. Before we get to talking about that, I want to mention we are brought to you by Row One Brand. Uh, if you go to rowonebrand.com, you use our code VSP15. VSP15, you get 15% off anything in the art gallery when you use that promo code via the Variety Sports Network. So super proud to be a partner under the Variety Sports Network banner and Row One Brand at The Cool Stub on Twitter. They have a bunch of awesome things to check out in the art gallery. You can get yourself 15% off when you use code VSP15. Um, So be sure to do that. Take advantage of that awesome deal. I'm gonna ro- I'm gonna rake you over the coals. This is just I tell told you before we started recording. Uh, you put it out there. You're the one who said it on the show because I went back and as I was editing, I, I double checked the tape. You said this will be our first disagreement. Is that 
Oregon will be able to keep it close against Georgia at technically a home game. Cover. I didn't think they yes. would win. Honest, cover. I didn't. I didn't say. Well. Yeah. No, you didn't say that they would win. However, you did say Utah was pretty much a guarantee to beat Florida, given that it was a uh, first game for a new head coach, all of that kind of stuff. And I was on the opinion that yes, Florida was in a transition. I don't trust the Pac-12. I definitely don't trust the Pac-12 going into SEC country in September. Those boys in Utah did not know how to deal with the heat. And I told you, there is nothing that moves the air in the swamp. When you go play in Gainesville, I've been, I've, I've found, find different players telling stories. It almost comes back unanimously if you played in the SEC. Unless you were a Florida Gator, you hated playing in Gainesville. Yeah, you would not want ever be around there. Like it, it's just, it's just one of the worst stadiums in football. Like it's, it's just all out. Just it's miserable. It's, away. it's yeah. as miserable as possible for the opposing team because the Gators practice in it, so they're <laughs> so prepared for it. But no, there's no prepared for ninety-eight percent humidity and ninety-eight degrees, and the air's not moving. So. Uh, we'll talk. Let's we'll talk about those games. Uh, let's start with Georgia and Oregon because I think what's more interesting, uh, the Pac-12 had probably the worst week weekend you could imagine <laughs> for what they were so they're bad. going through trying to fight with the Big so 12 as to who's gonna which is gonna, gonna be the conference at six around. All of that put aside, uh, I think we underestimated how good Georgia and how much Georgia was going to be able to recoup after the national championship season. They were ranked number three behind Bama and Ohio state for whatever reason, I think mainly because they lost a lot of NFL talent from a national championship squad. JT Daniels transferred. And that was the savior, the quarterback that everybody thought they should have gone with. Stetson Bennett's got another year of eligibility because you could just pull an eligibility out of thin air at this point, it, it doesn't mean COVID, much. Yeah, yeah it doesn't it's mean much. Cover this one. Um, this Georgia defense. Here's the thing about Georgia that you always know, especially just basically SEC teams in general. They're faster than you, or as fast as you. In the case of Oregon, uh, if you make mistakes like throw underneath coverage when they're in a zone, and you have linebackers that are just sitting there reading your quarterback's eyes, waiting for you baiting you to take that throw and Bo, Bo Nix does it three times. What else are you going to do? It, it, it's it, 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 the game just exploded. Talk about a once great program. Oregon was the cream of the crop. Of, Were they, of, they, they of never won West a championship. Coast, I don't know if they did, but of West coast football, like, Look, out of West Coast football, USC sucked for about ten years there. UCLA is not anything. UCLA has been all. It has been for the last ten years. West Coast football has been the Oregon Ducks because of the Nike deal and the Mariotas and the you name it of the world, the Anthony Thomases, and they've just been the criminal crop. And this, and you lose you lose Chip Kelly, you lose Mario Cristobal. This 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 once great program is is completely shot. Like, look, I didn't think that they'd win. But my word, if they put up one more point, one more field goal, one, whatever, one more, whatever, I could cover. I hit the over. And, and you, know what the, you know what the total over under was? 52 and a half. Jimmy. I was going to say, yeah. I lost by a half a point. Yeah. Because when <laughs> I looked at him, I was like, I'm really about to lose by a half a point. It was a great <sighs> start to week one. Great start to week one. It was just like, come on now. Like, at least put it up. Like, at least swing once. Like, like Bo Nix, take a shot. Like, you played in he the did. SEC. He, he you took weren't a shot. good. You weren't good. But my word, you, look, you're not going to last very long. But come on, man. At least at least have a little bit of balls. Like, he, like, make, he, yourself, like make yourself a little bit proud. Come on. 
he did take a shot and his shots were both intercepted. Here's one thing that I'm going to tell you that, that blows my mind and it should blow your mind too. Uh, we talked about Alabama having a 52 point spread to cover or that was, uh, was over under yeah, yeah. the spread was 40, 40 points and the over under was 52 and they scored 55 points. So they covered a 52 point over under by themselves and pitched a shutout against Utah state. And then Georgia damn near covered 52 and a half over under by themselves with Oregon only scoring a damn field goal. And this team was a top 10 or top. What were they? Top 15. 10 team in the country? They're 11. They're 11. It was such a paper paper. Oh my oh. God. I don't even know. I guess you could say they played Ohio state tough early on last season, but I've, honestly that was last September. And, and that was with Mario crystal ball, like new yeah. coach. And new it does like it's, it's, it's obviously crystal ball doesn't make that much of a difference. Little Mr. Miami over here, a big, big 40 point dub. Yep. I'm back on the yeah. bandwagon, baby. But yeah, it's losing that hurts program. It does as much turnover as they've had in the last five years. I can even say like not even last 10 years, five years like turnover that they've had just has hurt them so, so much. And like I said, the only reason why they're getting these bids to the SEC or the to the Big 12 or to the Big 10 that, pe- that people are halfway interested in them is because of the Nike deal. It's literally, that's all that matters. You're talking about bringing Oregon in to the Big 10 where you can have every single team fitted with Nike. And look, it, most of them already are. But you can throw that in there, and that's just that's the only thing appealing to them right now. Because this Oregon team is is, is not going to do anything in the Pac-12, and let alone they 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 got fed to the dogs basically. The Kirby Smart over there saw them on the schedule, like, yep, this is lunch, dinner, and, and breakfast. This is going to be so much fun, and just ate them alive. Ate them alive. They had no shot at all in this game. Not even a sliver of hope, like, like Notre Dame at least had. Like, not even a sliver of hope. They treated them like ducks treat most things in society. If you don't know what I mean, watch an Animal Planet documentary on ducks, and you'll figure out exactly what that means. Georgia impressed, and they also moved up in the polls, so they moved up into two. Ohio State dropped down to three. Um you talked about Ohio State, so let's go there first, and then I want to wrap up. We'll talk about uh, Utah, Florida, and then LSU, Florida State, because they go hand-in-hand hand with each other. Um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, it was a good – it was a solid game. We learned a lot about both teams. Under yeah. Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame is very tough. They're built like They're a big gritty. 10 school. Yeah. So. It was a that very even they was balling yeah. too. Yeah, like, they, he, like they're gonna be like, look, they may not get in the playoffs because of this loss, but this is a team that, like, if if some weird shit happens at the end of the year where where one of these big four lose and and something may happen, Notre Dame may squeak in and may make a better game out of whatever that we've seen in the past few years. And, and and I listen, we all we both listen to so many show sports shows and everything. When's the last time Notre Dame has had a close game with a high ranked opponent? Outside of this past week, it's been a long time. So this is a step in the right moment, right, right, right step. If 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 you're Notre Dame, like as as much as you hate moral losses, this is as good of a moral loss as you can take. You take the team that everyone's like, this team's going to score 50 points per game, right? CJ Stroud is going to be unbelievable. Their running back Tam is going to be unbelievable. No one's going to be able to stop any of these receivers, and you hold them to under 20 points, like uh, under 30 points. Like that's that's a W. That is a mm-hmm. W in, in, in its own way. So, like I said, Notre Dame has, has to claw their way back. They obviously have to win out if they want a chance in the Final Four. But, like I said, 
if you're if you're the if you're the committee and you see this loss week one and you see them demolish everyone else on their schedule, that's not a bad resume. It's not like like, like it shows that they that they can contend at least with some of these teams. I think that what the, this isn't going to benefit them this season. I don't. I think that they lost their shot because they don't play a conference championship. The only reason they got into the playoff having lost a game previously. Uh, and I don't even know if they had a loss when they made it and got pounded by Alabama in the first round. So I don't know if it's going to benefit them this year. What I will say and what we'll talk about after we uh, finish recapping these games, um, the co- this will help them with the way the college football playoff is maneuvering. There is talk of expansion. There is a date on it. So we have actual concrete evidence to talk about, which I'll get to in a second. But this helps Notre Dame out because – we know Notre Dame is going to be like a one, maybe two loss team at the worst. Oh. And we're go, we're talking about going from four spots to 12 spots and 12 wow. spots. Notre Dame's going to be a lock pretty much every year, unless they have a, a terrible, terrible year, recruiting yeah. class. So unless you you absolutely drop the ball in recruiting, this will help Notre Dame out in the future. I think this helps out Ohio state. It, it very much so too, because Notre Dame proved themselves to be a worthy opponent and you had to figure a out a way test. to win. It's a, it's a you had to figure test. out a way to win a game where you weren't at your best. That was not Ohio state's offense. And none of them were bad. The top performers, CJ Stroud was 24, 34, 230, 223, two touchdowns. Uh, Trayvon Henderson had 91 yards on 15 carries. Ekbuka had nine receptions, 90 yards and a touchdown. Like these guys did go off. Um, but it wasn't clicking like there was miscommunications. These receivers haven't been with CJ Stroud quite as much. And Jackson Smith and Jigba was injured for almost an entire quarter. So there were things that Ohio state had to overcome and in a way that I don't know if they would have done in the urban Meyer era. That's I don't necessarily love Ryan day, but they do have an air instead of whining and complaining about the adversity that they have to face they they stand up to it and and if they didn't if if Notre Dame would have wound up finding a way to win I could see Ryan Day getting up in front of the media and giving kudos to Notre Dame before claiming that he had a heart episode and finding everything every excuse in the book to pull out there so this proved a lot for Ohio State they moved down in the rankings like I mentioned but it's not I don't think it was anything that they that did. Yeah. It was more so Georgia just, just if, doing what they did. So. If the Georgia didn't get yeah. moved up, Georgia would have stopped out whoever was doing the rankings. That's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, they were not, not okay with that. And then uh, last two games that I wanted to touch on, LSU, Florida State, and Utah, Florida, mainly because it was coaching that uh, you, they outdid themselves in losing these two games. Brian Kelly in his first game, as head coach in Baton Rouge, should have. He is not fit for the South. He's not. <laughs> he is not. He was up eleven, he up eleven, kicks an onside it. kick. In all honesty, Florida State dominated that entire game. Should have won by more than they did. Uh, you get to the point where you score the touchdown. First off, you shouldn't have had the opportunity to score the touchdown. That was a terrible, terrible call, terrible turnover, and then you let the the offense drive 99 yards and score as regulation ends. Awful. Florida State, you deserve to lose the game just on that sequence alone. Yet. You pull out. Like you get your second blocked kick of the game. It, it, it's, it's, po- it's poetic justice because if you remember Florida State's ACC unbeaten streak ended on Georgia Tech blocking a kick and returning it on them. 
So what started their kind of demise and downfall is now possibly a catalyst for them turning things around. But I don't know how that happens. Let, like, let who, me, is, let me, who is controlling let me, that? Let me add more salt to the wound and the ironic, ironic, ironic part of this too, Jimmy. Do you know who the only coach that Brian Kelly brought to, to, to uh, um, brought brought to uh, LSU with him from Notre Dame was? The only one that joined team. him? The special teams coordinator. So how funny is that, right? Like, I, like it's 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 you cannot write it better. The one motherfucker that said, "Sure, I'll join you," and the the fuck, basically he didn't fuck it up. But man, it wasn't the kicker's sure fault. Didn't help. It wasn't sure the kicker's fault. You no. you didn't tell the people on the old line to, to how to block a, a, a PAT better. It's really not that hard. You stand there and don't get knocked over, and most you, of the time you you get the job done on PAT. All you have to do is step the same direction, and they did not do that. <laughs> you saw the line, instead of go this way, they both went outside, and there was just a wide open just gap. Just a wide and open gap. Like, the L- the, the, the Florida fingers. State guy was like, what? Uh, well, hold on. They're neither one of you are blocking me? He got there so fast, it went through his outstretched hands and hit the uprights still. <laughs> it hit the uprights, and it was still no good. It's so ironic. And then and then he has the audacity after the game to be like, oh, you guys reporters are coming in late. <laughs> and, and the reporter clapping back at him, being like, you know, we, maybe we were 10 minutes earlier if you would have won the game. Real quote from a reporter said that to her. It must have been some, one, one of the college reporters, like student reporters, because, man, the girl sounded like she was in college still. And it was hilarious. Like I said, LSU, great program. Florida State has been absolute shit for for uh, ever since Jimbo left, basically. Ever since Jimbo has left, that program has been the worst, one of the worst programs in college football. And here they are. They, I'm not gonna say they're back. I'm not gonna they're say they're not. back. I'm oh not no, they're not. They're, they're, they're in the their, right direction. That, that, anything, anything that you thought that Florida State was gonna be a kickover the rest of the year, they're not. They take it to an SEC team, a a, 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 a team from the ACC that did that, who has been. One of the worst teams in college football did something that Oregon couldn't do, that 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 uh, Utah couldn't do, and these are and Utah was a team that I thought could have had a chance in the final four. And Florida State comes in to to basically enemy territory because it is basically enemy enemy territory in the Superdome, as Hulk Hogan would say, or whatever the fuck it's called, the Silver and, Dome. He called and, it the Silver Dome as the Silver silver dome. The Silver Dome, and, yeah. and basically enemy territory, and win the game. That's as good as you can get if you're a Florida State fan, and 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 you gotta be happy about that 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 ending if you're that. But man, I if you're LSU, I'm sorry. Maybe you want Go Tigers back because I, I think I'd rather take me me hearing mumbling uh, Coach O over this Brian Kelly. I can't. I'm so glad the guy is getting what he deserves and losing games like this. Uh, the Utah game was a special, different circumstance. That one, I think the coach just had too much of an idea of what his game plan was going to be. You have the ability to run the ball and basically ice out the game, whether or not you convert, get the touchdown. The quarterback something. Anything. Quarterback yeah, it, it, he should have. I mean, they should have been able to win. Yeah, the the quarterback, they didn't have for Anthony Richardson for Florida. Utah didn't have an answer for, and no, the athleticism outside – when you lose contain, we heard this all through playing youth football. If you lose contain, you play girls soccer, and you're just chasing the play at that point. And Utah could not keep contain on Anthony Richardson. So Florida might not I'll, – I'll say the same thing about Florida and Florida State. They are not good. 
When no. they play their conference games, there's going to be times where they get absolutely wrecked. If you're a Florida State Seminoles fan, I would pray to whatever deity you believe in that your quarterback makes the past week three healthy because your offensive line gets him absolutely murdered. The yeah. hits this kid takes, he, I'm, I, I think it's assault. Like We should be arresting the defensive ends at, the, at this point. So that kid has to – you have to hope that he stays healthy. And for Florida, oh, Anthony, oh, Anthony Richardson, yeah. he can't read a defense. He's oh, really yeah. good at running outside the defensive ends, but last year when he was trying to throw, it was pick city. Every and single you know time. Who, you know who also couldn't read defense? Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, couldn't read a defense. They still made a living and still got drafted for that in the first round, and they still so, – both of them won Heismans. Hell, I'll be a flat-out say it. I took a flyer on him to win. I did. I did. I, I sometimes I'm telling you, have you to, that there's a chance. It's not a smart bet. I'm not. I'm basically burning money at this point. But you know, I have to take the flyers just to see where it's at. Just have to because if he performs like that in SEC play, I mean, unless yeah. Bryce Young is just Bryce Young and and CJ Stroud is CJ Stroud, that's where the, the tough part about that. But it's not a bad flyer to take. Uh, you're, I'm telling you, there's a chance, and I'm not saying it's a bad flyer to take. I'm just thinking. Based on his history and what I know of his play, I'm not expecting him to get a whole lot smarter of a football player. I'm saying as a football player, as reading a defense, I want that to be very clear. As a football player, he's not going to go from barely being able to read one side of the field to being able to read multiple coverages and recognize blitzes. It's going to take a, a long process, a long portion of the season for him to be able to get up to speed where he should be with that um, but he is, I mean, it was fun to watch, and he, they pulled off what is considered an upset. I don't know if you consider it an upset when you're at home, but point spread-wise, betting-wise, it was a major upset. It was an unranked team taking down a top-10 team. Utah was ranked 7 going into that game, and now they've fallen um, down. And Florida moved up from unranked all the way up to 12. Which I don't is know if you saw little, that. Yeah. yeah, that's a massive zone. I don't but... necessarily agree with it all that much. Um, I will say – other teams that impressed me, Oklahoma looked really good in um, Brent Venable's first game as the head coach there and their first game after the Lincoln Riley screw job is what I'm going to call it. It was screw job esque what, what yeah, he did and, and how he left. Um, other uh, game. Well, the other game that, that I watched that was absolutely fucking drunk was North Carolina and Appalachian State. My word, talk about one of the wackiest games I've ever seen. But yeah. if, if, you, if, you, if you are listening to this show and you don't have anything going on tonight and you know it's the Wednesday before football begins and you just want to be entertained for three minutes, pull up highlights of the last three minutes of that football game. Because you'll be like, how the fuck did that many points get scored that quickly? Well, it would be the onside kick geniuses of North Carolina and blowing up the op- opposing line where they return the ball six and literally all he had to do was fall, oh and the game's over. <laughs> Him doing that, and Apple just getting the ball back, and then scoring, and then getting a chance to win the game on a two-point conversion. It was like, what the hell am I watching? What is this game? This is ACC football, I guess, this year. It, 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 was, it was an all-out... I don't want to lose. You don't want to lose. I don't want to win. You don't want to win. Like, who the hell's going to the budge first? That game was drunk, drunk. I get the Florida State LSU game was drunk. But, man, this game, I kid you not, I was like, what in the world am I watching? I really wish I watched this game. The point, the point by quarter 
North Carolina scored 7, 21, 13, and 22 points in the four quarters. Appalachian State scored 14, 7, 0, and 40. Defense optional. They came back down from 41 to 20, Jimmy, and made it a game. <laughs> it was drunk football. I kid you not. Like, while everyone else is watching Oregon get their ass kicked by, by 40 points, I turned this game on. And it's like, you know what? Let's, let's entertain with this little shit show. And this shit show became the game of the weekend, basically, because of how, how dumb, crazy it was. <laughs> I struggle scoring 40 points in a quarter in Madden. It's, I can't was, get that many onside kick back on side kicks back. In, it, oh my goodness. I can't even, I need to go. I'm going to do what you said when I'm trying to fall asleep after we record. And I'm going to watch the last three minutes of that game because I need to see. Now I'm just curious. I, mean, I don't even crazy. It's not great football, <laughs> but it's funny football. It's football. You know what song belongs behind, behind it of the highlights? The circus theme song. Charlie Chaplin. This week, North Carolina versus Appalachian State, starring Charlie Chaplin. That was, I don't know. That's the beauty of college football, is that there's no explanation for what you witnessed. If you watch that game, you have no... How do you explain that to somebody who doesn't watch college you don't, football? You don't. You you show a foreigner, like someone from Australia, and does or an Australia, Australia's football. Show someone from like Greece football, and show them this. They'll be like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, why is he? What, what's going on here? Why? Why, why, is he why, why did he hit that person and run it that way when he could have just ran that way? And then why did he? Why did he go ninety yards that way? It, like I said, Jimmy, it was a drunk game. I'm sad you didn't see it because, man, it was the most entertaining game of college football I've seen in a minute. Yeah. Um, coming up now, we'll transition to let's let's talk about some week two matchups, and then I'll I'll quickly wrap up with the college football playoff expansion. I'm seeing here uh, Pittsburgh, Pitt, and Tennessee. That's a top twenty five matchup coming up. Pitt's game last week. It was it, that it was, was awesome. A, that was a good yeah. game. Was a very I, good I loved game it. Also. I loved it. It was the dumbest way that game could have ended. I I cannot. If you're that receiver from West Virginia, don't show up to school the next day. Oh, don't. Take a couple yeah. days off. Pat McAfee missed three field goals in that West Virginia versus Pittsburgh game when he was in college. Basically, don't show your face. That's it's the best the, way to put it. It's the wear a hood, wear that, a hat. That, yeah. Like like miss class a couple days. I've never said. Look, if you're listening, don't miss class. But. Maybe yeah, if you're that hey. guy, missed some classes. Like, 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 don't don't let people know your name because that look that is as bad as a drop as you ever see. It's one thing to drop. It would have been. It would have been if it was a drop. It, it, it would have been it, totally different. And he would have just on the ground. Instead, you pop it up, and then it shit just randomly. Nothing, obviously, <laughs> nothing bad can happen. And then you're like, oh shit. Rule number Uh-oh. one, if you're going to drop the ball, you make sure you drop that shit down. Because when the ball's up in the air, it's all it's all hell breaking loose. And uh, poor West Virginia. I, look, they still covered. It was seven and a half one spread. So I'm not Honestly, it, well, I'm, I'm not like going to – I can take the blame off that receiver and go, as a coach, why are you – you that running back that they had in at that point, they showed the stat line right before the interception. Seven carries, 129 yards. I think he was averaging 25 yards a carry. And the play before, he got 20 yards. He got you 20 yards before you throw that comeback. And, yes, the receiver – 
here's the thing. I don't know if it hit him in his hands. I hope that it, it didn't hit him in his hands and it hit him right in the face. Cause if it hit him in his hands and then the face and he still popped it up, it's the opposite of what you're taught. At least it so, didn't hit him off his helmet, right? It didn't at least just just basically dunk it off his head. I, it's that could have been worse. Flash, that could have made it worse, but I, that's as the bad only thing I as could bad as you can ever get. The only thing I could picture in my head, and he was wearing a visor, so it wouldn't work. Do you remember in Little Giants when he just throws it hard enough that he catches it in catches the face, the mask? face yeah. mask? That's that I was, wish what would have happened. Because, he's like, man. Damn, I wish I, I that, that kid, that kid, I hope that kid went to the jugs machine and caught balls for about three hours after the game. It's my word. My word. You, you better hope that doesn't that doesn't cost you. I think this game, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, here I'm I'm looking. It's the uh, the line is six and a half in favor of Tennessee. Um they're on the road I going to Pitt. Tennessee. I hate uh, here's it my so I, much. here's my thing. Over under is 66. I think these two teams. Tennessee does nothing but score points, and Pittsburgh, neither team plays much defense. No. Neither team does. And I think both defenses have the ability to score. So I would say take – life's too short to over. bet the under anyways. Take the over on 66. I think you're going to get a good play on it. It's, it's and, just, and then it's at that. least fun to watch the entire game because you're like, oh, yeah, score. Points, points, points. Unless you're a on, fan of Pitt or, or Tennessee. I'm betting on Slaughter or whatever the hell that guy's name yeah. was from Pittsburgh to score me – at least 32 points and i'm betting on i don't even know who the fuck tennessee has this year to, to bet, score 32 points it's yeah. I, I get your reasoning but my worst 65 is very very 66 steep. or 66 i don't know anything over 65 is yeah. steep yeah very no, steep. It's, my rationale i was watching I, the purdue tennessee bowl game was a good majority of what i got my intel and tennessee runs the most plays in all of college football they don't huddle. They call all their plays on the sideline, and it's built to go faster than you can line up defensively. So that's why I think even if there's a couple series where you're like, that's it's three and out. It, it goes three and out so quickly that they're going to get the ball back within another 90 seconds. They're only ever off the field for maybe three and a half minutes tops, and Pitt scores points. So I, I think that it's very likely, and, and always bet the over when you can. Um, let's see. Let's see. Alabama, Texas, we're getting the preview of a, of a future SEC matchup. I think it's going to be an absolute it's, dog walking. I am taking 20 and a half. I, look, look, there's hills I die on. And it is taking Alabama to cover every week until it doesn't work. I will, I will raise my hand and say that I, Nikolai Bryant, will be betting on Alabama to cover every single week until they lose. And you betcha I'm doing it again this week because, man, oh, man, Texas is – look, Quinn Ewers is about to meet Willie Anderson, and Willie Anderson is, is, is going to eat him alive. Little Quinn Ewers thought he was built for Ohio State and said, no, I'm going to go to Texas because we're back. Oh, you ain't back yet, buddy. This is a rude awakening. It, look, Texas thinks that they have a shot. If they if they have a shot in this, Quinn Ewers has to be the next coming of Peyton Manning, basically, for them to have a shot in this. This Alabama defense, I, look, look, I get it. They played at Utah State last week. But, man, this defense is returning so many players. Texas, you have to have you have to you have to be something to be something. Like I I cannot see myself seeing Texas cover 20 and a half. That's being reasonable. I'm taking this number before it gets worse. It's going to get worse, and Alabama still is playing with a chip on their shoulder because, like we mentioned last week, they won a conference championship 
lost the national championship and that was a down year for them. So they still are playing like they have something to prove. Um, and it's one of the, it's a big line, but it's a big line early that I think will hit. And I believe it's at Alabama. So that doesn't bode well for Texas. The only reason that they were close, they were close to beating or they kept it close against LSU in 2019. And the only reason that was possible is because it was being played in Texas. They're going to Tuscaloosa and they're going to go experience what they think their football fandom is all about. We've seen that stadium. We know how many people can fit there and how many people are just going to love nothing more than for Alabama to wipe the floor with Texas and prove, hey, you shouldn't be in our conference. You were fine where you were and you shouldn't move over here. Now get back at your seat at the kids table. Let's let's move on. The grownups are talking here in the SEC. You're not one of them. You don't get a say. You're going to eat your your green beans and you're going to like it. Alabama is going to prove that they're Texas's daddy. Yeah, it's it's I said Texas. You're about to see what te- what SEC football feels like. You are about and, and look, the joke I saw was so so Texas and Oklahoma have sold out stands, right? The Rose Bowl in Pasadena with UCLA could not fill out the, the lower level of, of, of that of that place for the UCLA football game last week. And that's what the big time got. They look, I I get that that everyone's trying to create two massive conferences, but Neither, neither USC, UCLA, Texas, or Oklahoma, in my opinion, have any shot at, at doing anything in either of these conferences. I, like I'm talking about Nebraska, or not Nebraska, not Nebraska. I'm talking about Northwestern's going to get in trouble. I'm talking about Seven Point Iowa, who won a football game scoring two safeties, and their defense outscoring their offense by, by two safeties, basically. And, and we're talking about teams that are just going to roll over these teams. And Bama, as I said, they're going to get a rude awakening this week. I will – I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to make this bet, a bet this early early on in the college football season, but I highly doubt that, that Texas will even get close to covering this. I agree with you. And uh, that's – those are the, the main interesting storylines. Now, from here until we get to conference play, you're going to get a lot of matchups that don't make any sense. So we'll preview some of the bigger games like we just did Uh, before we move on. And I explain the college football playoff expansion, because I think you're going to enjoy what they have in store. Wanted to mention, we are also brought to you by Triple A's Treats. Get 10% off your order when you go to Triple A's Treats Facebook and you mention Variety Sports Network, you get all kinds of custom treats and cakes made for whatever you you might need. Birthday parties, uh, holiday parties coming up anything like that, Triple A's Treats, mention Variety Sports Network, you get 10% off your order. All right, um, so I don't know if you heard. I Most of my sports content that I'm consuming currently is college football content. I listen to the ESPN College Football Podcast as well as the Joel Class Show, no free shout-outs, but those are the two major sources of info. And I, I give them shout-outs because they walked me through this like I was six. They Michael Scott and me. Explain this to me like I'm two, and they did it. So here is the proposal for college football playoff expansion. And this is proposed to be in place by 2027, I believe. Could be imposed sooner. Yeah, I, yeah. 12-team 12, 12 playoff bracket. Six automatic bids for your Power 5 conference champions and your next best group of five conference champion, whomever that I may be. I don't know how they'll decide that. but Could be CUSA, could be AAC, could Which be – Which makes it interesting uh, – because teams may not flee the Pac-12, but continue. 
and and you have to so that's the incentive to win your conference championship and be have a good record so it doesn't diminish the importance of any of the games being played up until that after you get the six conference championships the other six spots go purely based on a ranking that comes out at the end of the season about how they do college for top four right now top four gets a bye to the second round everybody else has to play each other that would leave so the the Bottom four conference champions would all get home games. The top two after that would get home games, and everybody else has to be on the road. This adds an extra home game for the teams that did well enough during the regular season to host, and you get awesome matchups. You could get Ohio State, Wisconsin in the horseshoe in January, and there's going to be three feet of snow, and I feel like yeah. that would be an awesome atmosphere. Yeah. So that's those are some of the things that are happening. But as it would sit right now, so let's just say for argument's sake, uh, Clemson wins the ACC, so they're one of your automatic six. B- Baylor wins the Big 12. That's another one. Uh, Ohio State wins the Big 10. Uh, let's see. Alabama Alex, wins the no. SEC. And uh, Pac-12, Utah wins the Pac-12. Do you think? Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll say Utah five. wins the Pac-12. Yeah. So those are your five. You have then could be the, in the Sun Belt. I would say Coastal Carolina has a good shot to win that conference. Uh, Mountain West could be Air Force, could be Nevada. Those are the two currently that are sitting up near the top. Uh, Conference USA, Florida Atlantic, uh, AAC, Houston, SMU, UCF, maybe there's, there's Cincinnati. A, there's a lot. There's a lot of great options. The point the, being is that most of those most of those programs you haven't seen near the college football playoff. No, then they would have never had a chance in the final four. It's perfect. I think it's great. And and Joel Clyde explained it best. I listened to him um, talk about. It. He was like, the sixteen team playoff would have would have been not great at all because you would there there would be no incentive for the for the conference championships this way with 12 teams you incentivize it if you're alabama versus georgia and stc championship why would you not sit everybody if it's a 16 team playoff and you have to play someone league the next week right like what's 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 the deal with it so you do the 12 team playoff alabama georgia are now fighting for a shot at getting a bye where they don't have to face 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 a damn good team, or or they or get possibly to have, go on the road to one of these other go on the road to another team. So it's it's perfect. You 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 keep the the, the still tradition of the conference championships. You get the automatic bids, and you have a, a you have a possibility for madness. What have I been saying since we've been on the show, Jimmy? All I want is is the same madness I get with college basketball with college football. I'm not saying that that the likes of fucking Coastal Carolina has a shot against Alabama. But man, oh man, if Ohio State loses to Michigan, Ohio State has to go into Utah. Do you think that's very fun? Like, like, like uh, that's, it's, it's something it's, different. It's, Give it's me something, something different. different to look at. That's it all is I something need. different that everyone's gonna love, and and fucking sucks that we're still two, three years away from it. Maybe even four. Like, like. I it's 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 that's the worst part about it, but I think like I said, this final four is it was a great start. But we we're gonna look back on like how the fuck we ever survived with this. It was the same four teams it, it for over 10 killed years. the sport. It, it damn, damn near, near killed, killed the, sport. the sport. The the 14 playoff was a great idea because it set us up for a 12 team, but man, it just fucking so 10 years. We're all like I said, this 12 team playoff is gonna be something that will stick around for hundred years. We're going to look back on this 14 playoff for 10 years being like, wow, we dealt with that. We watched Bama versus Ohio State for 
eight years in a row. We watched Georgia versus Notre Dame every other year. Like, how did I deal with that? And, and like I said, it helps recruiting so much. Obviously, the NIL deals help with this, but if you're if you if you go to a small, if, if you're if you're not getting the big offers, you can you get an offer from, from Houston. Houston has a shot now. Cincinnati, you have a shot now. Look, I get you're in the Big Twelve now, but this is massive, massive, yeah. massive. Like like it's like I said, it's it's what we all expected. I'm glad that they did a 12 team playoff the way they did. And I think, like I said, they did it perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. Look, the 14 playoff, we all were so excited about the 14 playoff because we were like, man, we could have had this team play this team, this team play this team. And then we had problems. And then now, this 12 team playoff, you're basically mirroring college basketball levels of insanity on New Year's Day, right? New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, you're looking at just all-out wars where teams go to play in different weird cities that they've never traveled to before, and it's just going to be more fun than you'll ever see. Yeah, and I think, too, you look back on all the eras of college football and think at first it seems like a good idea, and then towards the end you're like, why was this ever a thing? Because they used to just go based off the polls, and if you finish number one in the AP, you were the national champion. Congratulations. Whether you played everybody else or not, you played your 12 games, you played your bowl game, that was it. At the end of that, we were all like, wow, we need an actual championship game. These two teams have to play with this on the line. So we got the BCS. And then your computer program at first was like, oh, this is so high tech. And then at the end, you're like, this sucks. There's more than two great teams that could possibly win a championship. So we moved to four. And it was a great idea when it was first brought out. And if it was able to be followed all the way through like they thought, would have been fine. But it wasn't. And you had commissioners of different conferences go into business for themselves. And if I get two teams, I get twice the revenue from the college football playoff. And that's an extra $200,000 in my conference's athletic budget that wasn't going to be there. And all of these other factors, it was the integrity was not there. And I don't think it's that far off in saying it almost killed the sport because we have absolutely no parity in college football right now. The only parity comes from the NIL. For 10, 12 years, we, 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 we had to watch Alabama play Georgia or another SEC team every year. We had one outlier, right, which was LSU. We had one outlier. And besides that, it's been Alabama, Notre Dame. It's been Georgia. It's, 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 it's been the, the, the Oklahomas. And, Michigan and, and State we, made it one year, too. Michigan State. Like it, it's, it's the teams that you just see every single year. They're like, come on, man. Like, 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 give me, like I said, when it comes to bowl season, I wish I was that invested in bowl season. I wish I was. But come bowl season, at that point, I'm watching the NFL and knee-deep in that. Because you lose me. You lose me because I'm because I watch the lower level games because they're on TV. I'm not watching Alabama versus Ohio State every fucking year. Mm-hmm. I don't care that look. I know that they'll probably end up facing each other in the national championship. But what do they do? Play a shitty ass schedule for twelve weeks to get to get set up where they play have to be one good team to make it to the championship, right? They have to fight for for the title now. The title means almost so much more, so much more. So, so, and like I said, Bama, you, like I said, Bama, you're not going to be able to play Utah State and the children of the poor every, uh, every single year. Cause come December, come, come, come January, you may have to go travel to, travel to Minnesota or, or you may have to go travel to Chicago, Illinois, or, or these cold, cold ass cities where it's going to be different football. Like, 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 it is going to make football so much better in college football. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. Will we get the same outcomes? 
Maybe. Will it be more fun way to get there? Absolutely. Yeah, there's always a chance. I mean, in the Division One AA playoffs last year, Montana State was an eight seed and made it all the way to the national championship. Ended up losing, but they went on a crazy run. Teams get hot at the right time, and and you never know what happens. Uh, which is a good segue now because we need to start talking about Week One of the NFL season, and that's what we're transitioning to. Before we do, uh, we have shirts dedicated to the 2022 NFL season. If you're a fan of the Broncos, if you're a fan of the Bengals, and you do not have either your Return to the Jungle or your Ride or Die shirts out of the Variety Sports Network merch store, you're wrong. You should get on that. If you get them now, you should be able to have them by week two. I don't think the turnaround is quick enough to have them by Sunday, but you should have them by week two. Remember, the link is in our bio at Pod. It's on the uh, Variety Sports Network website, varietysportsnetwork.com. It's also in their Twitter bio. Uh, but the, the URL, if you want to just go down there, it's in the show notes, bonfire.com slash store slash variety dash sports dash network. And you can get your return to the jungle or ride or die shirts through the variety sports network merch store. So <clears throat> we're going to get into the NFL season. We're going to start just with the pick them. And for the pick them, uh, we are what only we've been doing... waiting for Jimmy. It's what we've been waiting. It's what I've been needing in my life. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to picture myself a little bit like Baker Mayfield, and I'm not going to say that I'm, I want to fuck you up this year in the, in the pick up, but you know, I do. It's, Jimmy, you've, you've gotten your ass kicked two years in a row. I You're need a revenge. This to... is revenge. This is revenge. <laughs> and this is, I'm putting my flag. I am the football guy on this damn podcast. I will. I refuse. I, I haven't won a college pick em. My brothers won all the stupid ass college pick and I haven't won these pick yet, but this is going to be the year. I am the, I, I'm the Cowboys. I hope so. Jimmy. This is my year. It's our year, this right? It's our year. year. It's uh, our year, Jimmy. Uh, let's, let's, I'm, I hope for you, buddy. Cause you know, it gets boring come week 10 and I've already beaten you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sure of it this year. We're changing things up slightly. Uh, we also have fantasy football to talk about. So when we do NFL football, partially part of it will be fantasy football, six games. That way I can keep track of it a little bit better. I'm using my resources that I, I'm being a good teacher and I'm modeling to my students using resources and adapting your strategy. So I have a Google doc made. I'll be able to keep track of it. It'll all be in one place. That way, if I do get lost, I can catch myself back up, but we will be doing each week that they have a game. Obviously we'll be picking the Broncos game the Bengals game, they don't play each other this season, which is the first time in, I this think, three years. Uh, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, Monday night football, and then one other random game, which this, this week, week we chose. Yeah, it has to be two because I, we, Broncos play on Monday night football. So you'll have to pick uh, yeah. one other random one. So we have five each week. So when, one, no, of we, teams, one of our teams work. plays on primetime. Yeah, it'll well, still work one. out since it's the extra primetime game. That's still the Broncos game. It's not technically the Monday Night Football game, but it there, is. There's, there's only one Monday Night Football game. I, they're not doing the doubleheader on Mondays? Not the first week. Not the first week. Uh, yeah, I know. That's... I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, okay, so the first random game that we talked about was Browns-Panthers. Um, let's see. What are they? We'll we'll, we'll, we'll Maybe. Let's do the, what, let's what do the AFC West battle. The Rams and or the, oh, no, the, and AFC, no, the AFC West, the, uh, the uh, Raiders, Raiders Chargers. and Chargers. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Oh, that we can do that one. So uh, this week, Broncos play the, the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. We'll do the Browns Panthers. We'll do, uh, well, we just said it, the Raiders Chargers. Uh, Sunday Night Football is Bucks Cowboys. 
and then the Bengals play the Steelers. So those and are the, the six Bills, games. Rams, obviously, and the Bills Rams on Thursday night. So, so those are the six games that we will be doing in the pickup. Already off to a horrible start with trying to keep <laughs> this thing on track. But hey, here we go. Uh, so, you want to start with the Broncos? Let, let's let's just go in order. Let's go in let's, order. So okay, let's, we'll let's, go in, in chronological order. So we'll yeah. start with opening night. Opening night, Thursday night, the day after you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, the day that you're watching this, uh, Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams host. It'll be their ring ceremony. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hype in the crowd. Buffalo, they've been crowned AFC champions by members of the show myself, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and yeah. members of the media. So, yeah, it's not just you. This is going to be – I honestly think this is going to be a wash game. Los Angeles might come out with a lot of pride wanting to win their ring ceremony game. Uh, but kind of like how we were talking with our Colorado Avalanche when the season starts – you don't have to necessarily play all your dudes right away. You don't oh. have to be winning this early on in the season. The Rams are going to be able to, to keep themselves in it. They were fa- gifted a fairly favorable schedule. It's a tough matchup week one, and I think you're going to run into a buzzsaw because the Bills were one of the teams playing their starters for a lot of the preseason. And this this is the year, uh, I think Darren said it when we were on the Talking Gridiron Variety Sports Network NFL podcast, uh, he predicted Josh Allen to be MVP. He predicted the Bills to be Super Bowl champions. And if those two things happen, if, if Josh Allen's MVP, it's damn near impossible for me to say that the Bills won't be Super Bowl champions. I don't know. I know that you already anointed them as your team. Uh, what are you thinking? Are you picking the Bills uh, in, in look, their look, opening night? The last couple opening ring ceremonies, I remember the Broncos got a, a barely, barely won that game against Seattle. I remember um, – who the, the Patriots get absolutely smacked by Philadelphia, I think it was, or I don't remember who it was. They placed, played week one and just got absolutely railed by. And and there's there's something about ring ceremonies and teams losing them. Like like I, I know I'm so high on the Bills. I know I am. But but I, I'm taking this two and a half of them. I'm running with it. Like I have to go the Bills here because of the factor in that there's other things that look, I don't know what the record is. I, I can't pull it off the top of my head. But teams that that have their ring ceremony across sports too, the mo- opening night, most teams usually lose it because they're so happy to see the rings and there's so much more going on. It's not a normal routine. As much as you want to try to get to a normal routine, it's not. It's really not. So, so I think that's what gives the Bills the edge here, and I think the Bills can come out swinging and show the world why they think they're that, that good. I'm taking the two and a half and running with it, absolutely. Like, I – like I said, I like this Rams team. I do think this Rams team has a lot of – I think their offense is much better than it was last year during the playoffs. I think Allen Robinson could be an upgrade from OBJ consistently throughout the year. I think having Cam Akers back is huge. And I think, obviously, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. So, I think their offense is going to be much, much improved. Their defense was where I think they may take a step back. Having Bobby Wagner over the middle instead of Vaughn off the edge, who knows what they'll look like. So, I just think the Bills are all that, and I love what this Bills defense has done to it too. I, I I'm riding with the two and a half of the Bills. I'm picking the Rams. I I heard the stat. Team that you hate off all off season. Oh, I, I do. I still don't like them, and I don't appreciate the way that they ruined my Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, they also ruined my plans to go out to Cincinnati for the first time. I was going to that damn parade. Uh, they I think we had a pretty okay. We had a pretty good one. And I I said I would, I sacrificed my Bengals parade for the Avalanche parade. I was more than happy doing it. However, I'm picking the Rams because there is the element. The Broncos did have a close win over the Panthers. Uh, 
I believe last year the Buccaneers they had a close win over the over the Cowboys in their opening night matchup. So these teams that won the Super Bowl, they have close games. So I'm thinking that this one will be close also. The Bills are going to make some early season mistakes. I think the Rams are going to make some early season mistakes. I might be betting myself into a corner or picking myself into a corner already in week one because there's the Rams haven't played. None of their starters played all of the preseason. So who knows? And the Bills starters did play. The Bills starters did play against the Broncos, did play a little in the first week. I didn't know if you were going to mention that they played against the Broncos. I had to because, you know what, like like we said for the last three years, preseason doesn't matter, so it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter. Once once the first group, you got to take a little bit into account. I'm going with the Rams. So we're split already on game, on the first game. Um, So we have that there. The next one up in chronological order would be the Steelers at the Bengals. Um, I it's very clear who I'm going to be picking. Are you gonna? Oh, I'm not betting on Mitch Trubisky. I'm not. That, I'm say. not. I'm not that dumb. I do think the Steelers are going to be better than what everyone thinks. I've been hearing a lot of great things out of the Najee Harris camp that he may be the, the may be the steal in fantasy football this year. That he may be the the guy because Trubisky is going is known to dunk and dip. And basically, Najee Harris is just going to catch the ball a lot and be a big PPR running back. So I've heard good things about Pittsburgh, but I, like I said, their defense is still banged up from last year. I, I think that they haven't they haven't played strong together in a while. And and like I said, I I'm picking the Bengals because I'm your friend, and also I want to see I want I want to see this team do it, do it again. I want I want to see this team prove it to me again that last year wasn't fluke. Like, like we said, like we said during like the first week of the offseason, the main thing for the Bengals right now is to prove the world last year wasn't a fluke. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It does not matter what, what what happens the rest of the year. If you're not winning your division, then if you're if you're not in the playoffs and at least the second round of playoffs, people are gonna say that. I may not say that. I may say that. Who knows? It's come that time. But that's what you gotta look for, look look to if you're a Bengals fan. So I like I said, I don't love six and a half just because these two teams do play gritty games i don't love it and that's a fat that's a fat steak it's a big one so it's a big I don't, one I, so i don't love that i'm probably just gonna stay away from this one betting wise but pick them wise i obviously am going with the Bengals. i'm going with the Bengals. it's at home uh if you are gonna prove at least be consistent you're gonna win your divisional games at home uh I'm not expecting a season sweep of the Steelers like last season. And the fact that it's week one is a little bit interesting. I know that the Steelers like to pretend that there's not a rivalry rivalry there. but There is Joey Porter wouldn't have been on midfield in 2015. If there wasn't a damn rivalry between these two teams. So I hate Pittsburgh. When I talked to Rev on Friday for the top of the mountain, I'm going to mention Pittsburgh that I hate them as many times as possible. And I hate you Pittsburgh one more time. I'll get it in there. You suck. I don't like you. I hope that you enjoy listening to the podcast outside of the football talk that we have. But the Bengals are beating you on Sunday. Oh, there is no I, quarterback I, that you have that can beat this Bengals team on Sunday. I, I do. I do hope that one of your students are listening and that the Steelers fans and then they wear a jersey on Friday. I do just hope that happens. <laughs> I do have a kid that sits and wears the St. Louis Blues sweatshirt, and he has to stare at Landis Gog holding the cup that sits over my head at my desk. So, it's like yeah. my shrine, yeah. So I'll I'll have something for him if I do see a student that that shows up in the Steelers jersey. Obviously, it's your choice. I'm not here to judge. Uh, but you're still gonna lose this week. I am still, yeah. I'm still judging, and you still. I don't like Pittsburgh. Uh, so we're both on on Cincinnati there. Next game that we have the Browns going to Carolina. It's Baker's revenge game. 
It came out that it wasn't his direct quote that he said he would quote yeah, F them up. Ass. It was the reporter my that just ass. insinuated. It was like implied. I don't know. Um, my ass. It was. It was his. It was his. Baker uh, didn't get any more. Yeah, he didn't get any more. Like, hey, we're gonna going. sell some more commercials, okay? You lost your deal with whatever that that stadium in Cleveland was. Like, we gotta get us some more commercials. We don't need to have that you'd be going out and say that about a team that you paid you a lot of money or, or about, and about, continuing about to pay you. That. continue to pay you. So we don't need to do that right now, basically. Yeah. And, but he definitely said that I'm, I'm, I'm worth word saying that. I think he said that. I would put money on that. He said that Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starting quarterback for, for Cleveland. Baker obviously won the starting job for Carolina. Um, thankfully for him, Sam Darnold got hurt, wasn't able to finish out that quarterback competition because those three yard checkdowns were probably really starting to get Matt rule going in Carolina. Um, Baker was the obvious choice. The line is at my, at one and a half in favor of Carolina right now. Um, at home. I'm not at home. hesitating. Yeah, that's weird. Hesitating. That's, that's the strange thing though. Normally home at home field is at least worth three. So I was expecting four and a half. And I think that's reasonable because the Browns, they have a good roster, but Jacoby Brissett has had a good roster before in Indianapolis and didn't do anything with it. He's a better backup but, but, quarterback than a starting quarterback. But the one thing I will say is that I think this Browns defense could could eat this Carolina offensive line. They have zero offensive line. Who the fuck is going to even look at Miles Garrett's direction? Like I, that's what scares me because I think Miles Garrett may just tee off on some of this offensive linemen. Uh, that will, that's what worries me. And honestly, I was leaning towards Cleveland slightly just because I love Nick Chubb. I think, and I think if worst case scenario happens, like look, Jacoby Brissett did not have a Nick Chubb in Indianapolis. He did not have a Nick Chubb in Miami when he was a starter last year. He has someone to fall back to. And, and like it or not, I think that the Browns won't be as bad as we think without Deshaun, but I have to go Cleveland, Carolina here because I cannot morally pick Cleveland right now. I cannot morally do that to myself. And and I want and like I said, I like Baker. I, I know a lot of people don't like Baker. I, I like Baker and I and I and I want to see him thrive. A poor guy may be out of league in a couple of years and, and Carolina may suck this year and draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young next year. But man, I want to see him have fun out there because I because fun Baker was fun. Like I said, I want to see Johnny Manziel succeed. I want to see Tim Tebow succeed. I want to see Baker Mayfield succeed because they're entertaining as hell. And that, and that they really don't do anything wrong. They're just bad quarterbacks. and They don't know how to read defense. So other than that, I hope Carolina wins. I do. I really do. This is why we're a podcasting partnership, because you said the exact same thing I was going to say. I could lean towards Cleveland, but I'm, I have a policy for myself that I can't, can't pick. Can't, I probably can't, can't pick Cleveland all season. I'm going to put Cleveland on suspension for a year for myself. Uh, and that'll extend into the playoffs. So I'm going to give the correct punishment for the crime. And if if you're a sports better, bet on Cleveland for the first 10 weeks of the year or 11 weeks of the year, because you are going to bring all the bad juju gods on you, betting juju gods on you when you start betting on the Sean Watson. Trust me, it ain't fun. So, so you do that, you're you're just setting yourself up for failure. So if you're going to be a long season, bet the Browns first 11 weeks. Uh, we're both on Carolina there. So then moving forward, the next one, AFC West matchup, Raiders going into SoFi to play the Chargers. 
Uh, Chargers favored by three in this game. Over so a nice, at 52. a nice Raiders home game, probably right. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it's only a ninety-minute drive from Los Angeles and to Vegas, uh, and it's however many. I think it's like six hours from Oakland to to Inglewood, wherever the stadium. It's, it's going to be a Raiders home game. It is. It is. I know that it is because the the Chargers never should have been moved to Los Angeles anyways. And we all know that we've all said that quite a bit. However, this one to me comes down to a matchup of quarterbacks. And I, at the risk of maybe pissing off a portion of our our listeners that could be Raiders fans, Derek Carr is nowhere near the talent level of Justin Herbert and the roster that the Raiders have, honestly, no, it's not a hot take, but the the roster that they have doesn't compare very well to the Chargers roster on offense or defense. Because on offense, you have Keenan Allen, you have Austin Eckler, you have Mike Williams, uh, Justin Herbert. You have guys, they don't have Hunter Henry anymore. I'm not quite oh, sure. Man. Maybe, so tight end is the only place that I would say the Raiders have the advantage over the Chargers. Renfro is kind of washed out by the receivers that, Los Angeles does have, and I don't know. I think I'm going to be biased and say Eckler's a better running back than Josh Jacobs. Oh, he is. That's not even. That's not a question. I it's just Western no. Colorado bias had to put that out there. Listen to the top of the mountain on Friday on the Variety Sports Network and on uh, all other podcasting platforms. So for me, the fact that I can't see other than one position that the Raiders have an advantage, I'm going to very easily think that it's going to be uh, pretty pretty. Easy cakewalk for Los Angeles, especially That's week one. Not so fast here, Jimmy. I, I know the Chargers going to charge. The right? Chargers are going to charge her, and they always do it in the first couple of weeks. Brandon Staley will do something stupid, and you don't think that 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 the Raiders are going to after what they did last week of the year against these guys don't want to do it to them again? Like, yeah, this is another home game for these guys. I'm picking the Raiders. I and. Fuck, does that hurt? But I have to pick one of these motherfuckers. But I'm picking the Raiders to beat this team because I think the Chargers, like I said, the Chargers find ways to lose, Jimmy. I don't care if they have goddamn Tom Brady and 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 Bill Belichick behind the helm. Like they they are, they're gonna find a way to lose. They they will. They will. Especially the first two weeks of the year, they may find it, figure it out at, at some point. But until then, I'm betting against you. And, and, and I and look, look, the Chargers made a lot of upgrades. Khalil Mack, great pickup. Jason Jackson, great pickup. A lot of great defensive up, upgrades. I still think that the Raiders have their number. They do. Like, 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 there's something. There's something about that. That like, like, like the Raiders going in and beating them. That I feel like if it doesn't motivate the Chargers and they don't come out guns a blazing this first game, they may fall fall farther than we think. In my opinion, like, look, this is a game that they want. They want so badly, right? The Raiders did not take the tie at the last game of the year. They did not take that tie. They said, we're beating you because you're our rivals and we want to send your ass home. If you don't come out firing, I think this could be a, a, a boat of how the season goes for the Chargers. So I'm going the Raiders here. As much as I don't like it, I'm going the Raiders here. It's been a fairly even series since Justin Herbert started Got, got the starting job in 2020 they've split all three seasons since then I don't think that it's ridiculous to say they'll probably split again and I'm going to put my money on the win I'm going to put my money on the home team I think that's a smart strategy no well 
I can't I'm, believe I'm, that you're using the Raiders in the positive end of the joke, Nico. I know, Jimmy. It feels like because char- I have friends who are Chargers fans, funny enough. But yeah, they look. Chargers fans are coming out of the woodworks finally, and after ten years of hiding, they couldn't fill out their stadium with their own color. So it's it's funny. It's all right. The stadium's gonna be black and silver. It's it's not look. The, they're they're sharing a stadium with a team that just won the Super Bowl. That's not even and I and I could jokingly say that that they're not they don't have any home field advantage, but their own home stadium knows that they're the second team. I mean, I, have I, I more obvious than that? You make valid points. I'm not saying that your points are not valid. I'm just saying I think that the Chargers are going to be able to win this one, and who knows what happens towards the end of the season. That's how the the series has gone. The Raiders lose the early game, win the the late game. And it's always close. So I think we're in for a treat either way. Uh, Sunday night football, Buccaneers going to Dallas to play Jairus Tain and uh, the Cowboys down there in Dallas because we know that they're going to make up for that horrendous, horrendous quarterback draw call when there was only 13 seconds left, no timeouts. I, I just have all the faith in the world in Mike McCarthy, and I know that I've given him the players in order in God's name to be able to let the Dallas Cowboys have a great season this, this year. All right. I was as good of a Texas accent as nowhere close to Jerry, but that's a good Texas accent. <laughs> Jerry's that Arkansas. I can't solid. do Arkansas. Jerry's yeah, from Arkansas. That's a very good Texas accent. That alone, yeah, get me the hell away from this Cowboys team. No, thank you. <laughs> I can't I, do it because of the coaching. That's I can't do it either. And and look, you could be like, well, the Bucks. Tom Brady has has the family issues going on. He took time off to get plastic surgery. Don't let him fool you. No, well, well, I mean, he apparently him and Giselle are fighting. Which you know, if that my supermodel wife is not happy either, I probably take ten days off too. So you know, I would also get I would also get a facelift during that situation as well. Which is what he did. He took the time off to get a damn facelift. He went. Well, he came back with a square jaw and like an even deeper it chin. Like yeah. an even deeper chin dimple. I yeah. I, I I'm not picking. Like, like I said the Bucks were playing. I don't know the Saints or something. I probably would pick the Saints, but it's the Cowboys, and I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I am interested to see what what uh what's his name? I think it's Brian Bowles. Yeah, Brian Bowles does with Todd that Bowles. team. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. I am. I'm, I am interested to see what he does with this team because I think their defense is going to be diminished. I don't think it's as good as it was two years ago at all. Um, I, I still think they have obviously the horses in the middle, but I still think that they could be lacking Vita on the front Vita Vitave, JPP, but, Shaq and, Barrett, uh, Devontae David, Devin White. I, I know, I know you just named off a ton of dogs for me, but a bunch of those guys missed at minimum two games last year. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, and that's the reason why they weren't as good as they were. They could have very easily run, ran it back and, and done good and probably beat LA and got well, to the they were They should have. Uh, they, they should have. And but, they, they completed a 21 point comeback getting to that point. But, but getting injured and, and, and the injury problems they had last year, I feel like they, they may need a game. But it's the Cowboys, so I'm still picking the box. <laughs> so last, and Tom yeah. Brady doesn't. Tom Brady will wake up and, and still be the best football player in the world very easily. So that's not even a sweat. Last season during Week One, when this matchup happened, it was a three point game, and that was everybody was saying that the Cowboys were oh this and that. No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady knows that these games in September don't they mean something, but they don't really matter. So I'm on Tampa Bay as well. You're on Tampa Bay. That brings us to the last game of the week, Monday Night Football. 
your Denver Broncos. By the way, did you realize last year was the first time in three decades that the Broncos did not have a Monday night football game? Yeah, I know. We didn't have a primetime game, which we no, had a thir- no, th- Thursday night game, but who yeah. the fuck cares? The, ob- the bl- obligatory Thursday night game. Obligatory yep. Thursday night game, but no one gives a fuck about that. So it's, yeah, it, it sucked. It sucked. Hey, welcome back. Sorry. Welcome back to relevance in the NFL. And I'm saying that as a Bengals fan who has none. So I know. Welcome. It feels good. It feels yeah. hella good. It feels it's, so good. And it's a, a hell of a storyline to start off with. Uh, your you team also Smith favored. Russell. <laughs> Also, your team is also favored by six and a half. So you guys got a big number. I think I would I would stay away from the number. If even if I think that the Broncos are gonna win, which I do, I would stay away from that number. The reason why I am not staying away from this number and <laughs> what was the other game we picked? The uh what was the other six and a half? The Steelers Bengals one. Yeah. I trust the Steelers defense so much more than I trust anything the Seahawks have. So I trust the Steelers to cover a lot more than I would trust Geno Smith and, and, and this team of a bunch of just bums to, to cover. I'm taking the six and a half and running with it. They're wearing bright green jerseys. You don't think Russell Wilson wants to fucking put on for that city? He loves that city. He does. And they, and they have spat on him and been like, we don't want you. You were the problem. And we would never have paid you all that money. You don't think he reads all that shit? As corny as this motherfucker is, he is going to come in guns a blazing. And, and, and I think we – and we have Peyton Manning on, on, on the on the, uh, on the Peyton, on the Manning cast. We have Russell Wilson – Dicing up the Seahawks, my football is going to be an absolute reckoning. And I think that I think that the Seahawks are going to realize they made the wrong wrong decision with Pete Carroll. If Drew Locke was starting, I would have gave this team a chance to cover. Geno Smith, I don't know if you remember watching him last year, Jimmy. He was bad. Very, very bad. Very bad. Like we're talking about a guy who was drafted in the first round, what was it, five, six years ago? And the Jets didn't want him. There's your first. If you don't, if you can't, like, there's your first red flag. He you played with the Giants. Yeah. Put up on the locker room. Like, I, this guy is not going going to beat Russell Wilson. It's not going to happen. Like, like, like I, I know I'm biased. I know I am. But, but you cannot sit here and tell me that this Seahawks roster is good enough to compete with this Broncos roster. You, you, okay. If Geno Smith has a decent game. If DK Metcalf has a decent game, you're telling me the likes of this ass defense that just lost Bobby Wagner, who has no safety, no camp chancellor anymore, no Richard Sherman, no Legion of Boom, no nothing on the defensive side of football, who you just drafted a uh, Charles Cross. Oh, man, I'm scared of Charles Cross. Left tackle, that's, that's a real needle mover for me to cover you on this game. That was your first-round pick, by the way. So, no, this team is not – not not what it's going to be. It's going to be a team that's drafting a quarterback and it's going to be a top five pick in the draft next year. I can bookmark it. You can, you can quote me on this. I don't care. I, this team will draft in the top five next year. We'll be in the CJ Stroud, Bryce Young conversation. That's why they picked Geno Smith. If they, if they didn't believe that they, that they, if they left, believed they had a chance to shoot, Drew Lock would be a starter, Right. If no, I believe, think that they they learned they what we they learned the hard way. Chance. That Drew Locke is never going to be an NFL starting quarterback because he doesn't put in the requisite amount of work and he doesn't watch the requisite amount of film and he doesn't put in the requisite the amount of work to make sure that he uh, messes with uh, COVID protocols. Though 
No, I would say that that's also a part of not doing the work because he was unprepared and forgot the rules that he was supposed to follow and in turn then completely diced the entire Broncos quarterback room out of that game. Uh, I love that rant because I didn't even have to say anything. All I did was just sit here and nod, and I can, I could feel your tension rising as you were talking about the game. And I, I never said that the Seahawks were going to beat the Broncos. I think six and a half is a little bit generous because I think that the, the Broncos have – We have a lot Hackett's of first-year head coach. You got a new quarterback. Your receivers haven't played in the live game with Russell Wilson yet. So there's going to be some timing issues. There's going to be enough. There's enough there that I could see the Broncos making mistakes to where maybe they still win. Maybe it's more than a single, maybe it's more than a field goal. So they win by four or five. I don't see them winning by a touchdown. It's, it, I could see so, they can win by a touchdown and I don't see the Seahawks beating them, but so, I think it's so, going to fall within, it's going to fall within five points. So the one stat that helps you with this is, do you remember Peyton's first game? Yeah. We lost the Chargers by 20 points. Mm -hmm. 20 points. At home, we lost the Chargers. Everyone was like, sky's falling. We're fucking done. So I'm hoping we don't have to do that again. But like I said, I I highly doubt it will happen again. I'm not saying sky is falling. I'm just saying be prepared. Be prepared to see some growing pains and be prepared to see like, why are you doing that? I will be seeing on? something else grow as I see as I watch a different quarterback play for my team as a that's a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I will something else will be growing, Jimmy. Don't you worry about that, buddy. As as I'm watching the, the number the let's ride baby roll 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 into roll into uh, uh roll roll into that twelfth man and that twelfth man literally leaving after halftime because the game's a blowout. I really hope if my students were listening that they turned it, it off before off, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As a quick recap, before we move in, we're going to set our uh, bench mob fantasy lineup for week one. A recap oh, hold on. The- before we do that, the king is back. The king is back. What is – He what wanted is to give his uh, – he's going to come back with a lock of the week. He, he had a little battle with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor said he'd punt him into oblivion over a goalpost. He doesn't – you don't mess with the goat. You don't. And, and, and the man, the myth, the legend – it has his lock of the week. I'm bringing it back. Look, it was an offseason. He had a long offseason. He went into hibernation, okay? But he's back with his lock of the week. And, Jimmy, do you know where we're going? We're, Tell going, me. we're going to the tundra. We're going to, 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 to the DC, MCDC, baby. We're going to Detroit Rock City where the Philadelphia Eagles go in to Team Hard Knocks and are playing the Detroit Lions. And you know which way he's taking? Fly, Eagles, fly, fly, Eagles, fly. Three and a half, Eagles on the road in Detroit. He is not feeling the hype. He's not feeling the hype of the Hard Knocks team. This Eagles defense, Pospula has been telling me all week, that made a lot of good improvements. You have one of the scariest motherfuckers in all college football playing from Georgia on that Jordan and Jordan Davis on that D line now. And and Detroit, look, Jared Goff is in for a rude awakening, and it's Jalen Hurts season. As much as we like to shit on Philly, Hasbula has other plans for Philly this week, so he's taking Philly minus three and a half. Thank you, Bula. Thank you very much. I'm going to convince Nico to make a graphic for that. I have that written down. So we'll release that before the game start on Sunday. Uh, Cause Bula's lock doesn't, that game isn't played until Sunday minus three and a half Philadelphia at Detroit, not going against the hard knocks hype. Um, 
So yeah, be sure if you're following along all the recap of our picks. So Nico took Buffalo over Los Angeles. I'm with the Rams. We both picked Cincinnati to beat Pittsburgh. We both picked Carolina to beat uh, Cleveland. You were on Vegas to beat Los Angeles. I picked the Chargers, uh, both on Tampa Bay, both on Denver. So we have quite a few. We're about to split. Three, three that we don't agree on, three that we do. Um, so we'll have we'll have a leader after this well, time. We'll, we'll have week. a leader. Yeah. So, and hopefully this doesn't affect our, our next relationship because now we have to set our lineup uh, for week one of fantasy at, football. Let me look at this lineup. Uh, you drafted us. Hey, I, I feel like I'm not, I didn't, I'm not going to say that I followed the strategies to a T. There was, some people were taking the entire clock. Some of them were on auto draft. So it was hard to get into a rhythm. So I will say I screwed up at some points, not screwed up, but I did go off script a little bit at some points. Hopefully I, I feel like we'll be, I mean, we're projected to win week one. I think the final projections just based on our roster right now has us finishing four in the King of the Bench uh, fantasy football league. So not terrible. That's not terrible. No, not terrible. As of right now, here's our starting lineup that we have. Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. He's playing Detroit. We just talked about them. Philly going to the Lions. Jonathan Taylor, first running back. Cam Akers, second running back. Uh, Wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, and Devontae Smith is playing the flex. Pat Fryermuth out of Pittsburgh is the tight end. Uh, Defense and special teams, Colts. And then kicker is Jake Elliott. So those are our starters. Then on funny, the bench, funny enough, have, I just drafted Jake Elliott in two fantasy football teams. My my two that I've had drafts already. Too, I wanted so. money. I wanted money Mac, but also I knew that if I picked a kicker in the third round, I would have got, gotten scolded. Yeah, I would. It would have so. been a little rude awakening for me. I waited. Game. I waited. I I did the right thing. I didn't draft him on the bench. We have Burrow, uh, Tyler Boyd, Traylon Burks out of Tennessee. He had a, a pretty high season projection. Noah Fant. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Mark Ingram, and Cedric Wilson Jr. So, bench is a little bit thinner than Cedric I would Wilson like in Jr. some places. Cedric Wilson Jr. is not what I'm loving there. That's the it, one that, that – that's yeah. the guy you drop, though, in the middle of the year for a waiver wire guy, if I'm being honest with you. More than, but, more than likely, I'm, I'm not – I won't disagree with you there. So, looking at this lineup, I, I – look, obviously, you had one – you pick 1-1. One, one. I like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's a dog. If he gets hurt, though, like I said, like I told you, we're fucked. Cam makers coming off an ACL or Achilles injury. Running backs <laughs> that come off of Achilles injuries have known to not produce what they were obviously before. It's just a known fact. That's where it hurts. There's going to be some weeks, in my opinion, where where honestly you may you you may have a receipt you may you may start another receiver over those guys. I don't love the the receivers on the back end. Um, I, I think Devontae Smith will be a dog this year. He worries me. Moose worries me a lot because that tight end position is just interesting. And, and, and I, honestly, you're, you're having you, a lot of faith in, in, in Trubisky. Well, that's the thing. I'm thinking that Firemuth's going to be his will be in the middle of the field. He's going to see him first. So Trubisky, Pickens, who, Mason Rudolph, whoever plays quarterback for Steelers is going to be looking at Firemuth first. So that was my. Thinking, I, 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 I was close. I, I almost, I think I was going for George Pickens in the middle rounds and I was going to get him as like a steal. And it was two picks before we ended up coming back onto the clock. That was the worst. I liked the snake draft and it obviously worked out to where we weren't favored, but having to go one and then waiting until you're two and three, it, it sucked a little bit because oh, everybody oh, that oh. you want to draft goes right before you. 
imagine being in an 18 team league and where I draft 16 and I have and to we, wait 10 minutes for, for the next pick to go. We <laughs> could have apparently like going based on what we know now, we did fill out all 14 teams in the King of the Bench fantasy league. Uh, we probably could have done a bigger league. We'll think about that more we'll next, next season. Year, yeah, for sure. Let's, let's talk about this too. Before I, I ask you for what, what you want the final lineup to be set. Uh, people, the top four teams that make the playoffs will get uh, shirts sent to them. We're going to make some King of the Bench Fantasy League shirts that we're going to put up in the Variety Sports Network merch store. So you'll get that winner. I'm going to pay the money to get a custom-made custom made belt, and the winner will get the inaugural King of the Bench Fantasy League belt. We have, it's not going to... Yeah, we, we, we may have you send it back, <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe it's automatic bid, or you may keep it. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure that out as we go. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I'm not going to – if since I'm sending it to somebody, it's not going to be like the WWE replica type belt, it's but it'll be still be something. It'll be, it, it'll be something. It'll be a trophy. It'll be special made for that specific thing. I think this is really cool that we were able to fill out uh, a league. And there was a lot of smack talk going on during the draft. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the team that we're playing this week, my cousin, uh, Team Ranger Squirrel, he picked the defense. He picked the Bills defense in his first round. I, I yeah I, and he said he did text me afterwards he goes that was my strategy to make people think that i was an idiot man i was like well mission accomplished well, well you, you, you did that you, yeah you did so that. uh we'll let's set our lineup then we'll look quickly at just yes, the, I, the I'm just, be straight up, just leave it i'll be just honest leave with it? You, I, I don't love our bench i really don't it, it, like like there's a lot of movement on the bench obviously burrow is a good backup quarterback he's my starting quarterback in one of my fantasy football leagues so like i I'm I not just, changing. Hertz has such a good matchup against Detroit's defense that I and wouldn't with change Devontae that. Smith too, like like he is going to eat him up alive. Like the only maybe I'm nervous about Sutton a little bit because Sutton oh, Sutton oh. didn't flash at all last last season, so yeah, he's got to show quite a bit. Coming that that's the other thing. He was coming off an ACL injury, and Corlin Sutton also was having to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, who didn't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. Which, if you remember, when Drew, when 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 Colin Sutton was a Pro Bowler or and a second team All Pro guy two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, um, Drew Locke was throwing him deep balls, and who can throw the deep ball better than most people in the league is Russell Wilson. So it's like I said, it's a recipe for success. Keenan Allen is not the guy I would have necessarily taken because I I think Keenan Allen's getting older. I think I think at some point Michael Williams will be the wide receiver one on that team. I think Keenan Allen may just step aside. Um, but like I said, he has Herbert, so that helps him a lot. I would just stick with the lineup because, like I said, I don't love our bench. I know you wanted Burrow. I know you did, and I know you wanted Boyd. I know you had to get Honestly, boys. Boyd just made Boyd was a, a Boyd really makes good value sense. Pick. He was he was I late, don't love, late I don't love Burks. I don't love oh, come on. Burks was Burks was a three hundred for the season projection. <laughs> I will tell I, you that. I know, but with a lineup that literally gives the ball to Derrick Henry eight six times out of ten, I I, I it's just going to be tough. I, I he don't has three it. really a, shitty defenses that he plays against in his division. That's that's true. I, that that is that is that's fair. That's fair, but. Still, no, I get it. P, I get P. it. Ryan, P. Ryan, unless all hell breaks loose, should not be a starting running back on this team. A- Ingram, he could be uh, a flex option because he has a lot more receiving. Yeah, I. It's still, I, I don't. I told you, I towards the end of the draft, I was getting pieces that we could possibly move, and people who are going to be out of it towards the end of the season will, or you forget that you have certain guys on your roster. We can finesse a trade. 
I am going for the fact that I will be looking at this daily because I, you will be looking at this daily too. You can't see the bench mob team, uh, but we'll be fine. I'm telling you right now, R E L A X. It's right, gonna Jimmy. be fine. All right, Jimmy. I'll, I'll trust fine. the process. I gotta remember it's a 14 team league too. Yes. Like there's a lot of people on the bench. Obviously, will never see PT. So that's it, I gotta remember that. But it, it's, it's not a bad lineup. It's not. I I do like it. I think there's a lot of good depth positions. I just think that if we run into some injuries, it's basically. It's basically so how so fantasy football goes like this. In the NFL, if you lose your starting quarterback, your season is basically over. Joe Burrow goes down, Bengals season is over. Russell Wilson goes down, Broncos season is over. They have no chance coming back at all. Fantasy football, as weird as it sounds, is the exact same way with the running back position. You you lose your number one guy in week two, week four, whatever, heaven forbid something happens, that just ruins you and you're done for basically. So that's what you gotta hope for. And and your and and acres is not bad, but but Taylor is asked to be the workhorse and has to stay healthy or else we're in some deep waters. Jonathan Taylor's playing Houston this week. So I, th- I, I feel, feel pretty good true. about that. So uh, yeah no um, that's that's that should not be a problem. He should not be playing by the fourth quarter because he's running all over the defense all for a half a game. I'll take a Wisconsin Jonathan Taylor performance. Give me 350 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, let's get through the roster so that we can finish up. Uh, I still got to edit this thing. So I, I we're gritty. We're doing this. We're staying up late, getting all that great content for done for you bench warmers. Uh, but I do need to get to bed at some point before class tomorrow. The matchups that we have. So quarterback uh, that Ranger team Ranger squirrel has Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, two running backs, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then he has Chris Olave as his flex. I was pretty upset that he got Olave. It was like two picks before us. Uh, Zach Ertz is tight end. Buffalo defense, Evan McPherson is his kicker. So he's the one that that broke my heart. Yeah, as much as you would love McPherson, uh, let's let's just put this. Fantasy football is not one off the kicker and defense. Those are kind of your fill-ins. Just like, oh, you know what? He's he all right for me. He put up – he maybe he doesn't – they don't win your illusion games. They just get the job done. The one – the person that I'm most scared of is the Juju Smith-Schuster with Mahomes. I think that he's going to have a breakout season, and he'll probably put up a lot of points because he's now the number one receiver in that offense. Uh, but I don't think that he has – overall depth-wise, I think you give the edge to our lineup. And I don't, I, like I said, the app is predicting us right now a win probability of 56%. I think after Thursday night, we'll have a pretty good idea of where this thing is going to go. Cause we all, we both have teams playing on Thursday. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's a perfect way to set it up. Like I said, I, it's, it's such a good first game also. Like this, mm-hmm. I could not ask for a more of a prime time game. NFL does such a great job with the first game of the season always just being an absolute banger. Yeah, it was a really good uh, pick for that. Now let's go ahead. We'll transition to our one of my, my new favorite segments that we have, which is Start Bench Cut. Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody, In the Clutch Sports, our final sponsor for today's episode, episode 107 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. If you go to intheclutchsports.com, you get 10% off your whole order when you use code Variety Sports, all caps, and all one word. So go to intheclutchsports.com, get 10% off your order, use code Variety Sports, proud partner of the Variety Sports Network. Follow at Variety underscore sports underscore and follow at FEOTB pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channels, all that good stuff. Uh, I think I got to bring the start bench cut today 
I got uh, one if you want. You, I, you, I, you I, have I, one I prepared? So, so since we're watching football literally on Saturday and Sunday, sorry to all the girlfriends out there and sorry to all the ladies out there. Your your boyfriends are now uh, uh, owners of ghost football teams for four months and are, are, are um, basically watching football constantly. So t- I'm sorry. It's a tough sledding for you. It's not comfy season anymore. It was about in February. You can try to come back again and see that happen. Either way, we – so – I'm, I, so when you watch the games, there's three main announcing groups that you hear in the NFL. I want to see who you're going to start bench cut. Obviously, we're going to do it with the new changes. So give me we're going to start with Tony Romo, Jim Nance. Give me give me Collinsworth and uh, uh, Mike Tirico, uh-huh. and then give me give me Troy and uh, Joe Troy and Joe Buck. Start Tony Romo club. and Jim Nance can go jump in front of a bus. Uh, <laughs> awful. Worst Tony. of all time. Worst, worst of all time. I cannot believe that they pay that man as much money as they do. And Jim Nance, he, I, I did a whole rant on talking the gridiron, which is a good reason why you should listen to that show. But uh, the gist of it was Tony Romo thinks that he's still watching film and we need to not hear the silence and he needs to talk and use his shrill ass voice the entire time. And then Jim Nance just thinks it's the Masters. And oh my goodness, I cannot believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to this awesome day. Mr. Rogers, I did not come here to listen to you sing to me. I don't need <laughs> that's, that's this. Fair. That's fair. Go I, jump I, in I, front of a bus. They're cut. I, I thought you were, I knew you were, that was your thoughts on it, but I still want to see compared to the other groups what your thing was. Uh, my bench is Tariko and Collinsworth. Because they're they're not terrible. It's kind of funny. That was supposed to be uh, Drew Brees' job, but he did such yeah. a shitty job last year in the Notre Dame games that NBC was like, you know what? You can go back and play another season of football. We really don't. We don't care. Yeah. We're gonna pay. You can go coach your son's football team or something, or do that. Yeah. yeah. You know that movie Ken <laughs> James did? You should look into that. Uh, go back to your son's hometown and coach his team. So. They're benched and then start Aikman and Buck have been one of the big voices of our of my New Monday Night Football group. It's yeah. be fun. New Monday Night Football. That's gonna be a big change, I think. Yeah, and I haven't there. really loved I haven't really loved Monday Night Football for a while. Well, yeah, I think they're gonna make it obviously the I think they'll make it better. don't make it worse, but they, they don't make it better, but they make it definitely can make it worse. It's gonna be Ten times better than what when they had Witten and they had uh, Booger and the Booger Mobile on the sideline that the whole debacle. So I'm I'm expecting better than that. And I think Monday Night Football works better as a two person booth. It's been a three person yeah. booth for a while, but when it was two person with like Madden it was, it was and Summerall or, and it was Levy, yeah, Steve Levy I liked. I, it's unfortunate that he doesn't get to do Monday Night Football anymore, but he's got hockey to do now, and I think yeah, that he's a great I, hockey I, announcer. I think he loves that more too. I I would I would really I did as a as a play by play guy hockey lacrosse basketball things where there's constant motion are the best. Yeah, um, there's a lot of dead space when you're talking about football. You have, you have to you have to be able to appeal the audience very very much so in those. Yeah, but again, Tony Romo, we don't need to hear you talk the entire three hours of the game. You can't just let the crowd take over for moments. See, I, I'm I, I'm going to start Joe and 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 Troy obviously because I think that they just do a hell of a job, and I I'm going to bench Tony and Jim I, because Tariko and Collinsworth don't just really do it for me. 
when 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 they when they had um, Al Michaels, I feel like Al Michaels does a little bit more trickle. Do you believe in miracles? Al, yes. And, and Al Michaels is about done too, too. So it, it, he's doing Thursday. He moved to Thursday, yeah. With with Herbie, which I'm excited to see. On. I so would put, I would start them. Year. I would start them over. Uh, Buckton, uh, Tony Robo and Jim Nance. That's because the college football ones are they. It's different. The college football announcers are just different. They, I mean, Gus Johnson can fucking be. Gus Johnson did the NFL. Yeah. Gus Johnson has that. I, it's one of my least favorite Bengals memories of all time. But when Stokely got the tip, we're talking Stokely. about tip the ball down instead of tipping it up. That's up. Gus Johnson on the on the oh, call yeah. of that game where he's like Stokely down the sideline. Uh, it's, it, it haunts my dreams. So so that's what that so these announcers, like I said, the, the it's it's fun to see them all. Like I said, this is one of the biggest off seasons for announcer movements. We mm-hmm. haven't seen this much movement in a long time. Like, like, talk about personalities and, and people are just trying to find new ways to listen or watch the sports. And they, at ESPN, Fox, and the CBS have all done a great job trying to move it around. I mean, college football, Pat McAfee just got announced to be a, a, a mainstay on, on college game day every week. So, so that's, uh, that's super exciting. I mean, look, Lee Corso is, is, is like a God rest his soul. He's an absolute legend and he has done he did so many great things for college game day but pat McAfee's is going to bring a different level of energy to that show so i'm super excited for it but yeah the announcers like i said they don't hurt games they sorry i said that wrong they don't help games but they definitely can't hurt games in my opinion they, 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 they certain games certain moments that helps big time having it but at the same time, most people just get the radio calls. The radio calls are a, mo- a little more electric because they're in the stadium too. So, so like it's it's it is what it is. I I like I said, I don't hate Jim and Tony because I think Tony is knowledgeable of the game, obviously. And I think watching Jim and Tony on the last CBS game at four o'clock before we have the hour break before the um, Sunday night football goes on, I think is just always entertaining. So that's why I did the way I did. I would much rather listen to anyone else. I would listen to Nails on a Chalkboard before I would listen to Tony Romo and Jim Nance for three hours. That's the game where I flip back and forth. And they go up against – well, now they won't. That's that's kind of shitty. They're not going to go up against Troy Aikman and Joe Buck because no, when they did, I could just – yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think the Bengals – I don't think the Bengals are in – they don't ever play on CBS, do they? I, they probably have one one game where Tony Romo because he they they did the Kansas City game where they ended up clinching the division in their playoff spot last year during the regular season, which I got over because the Bengals clinched the playoff spot. But yeah, I did not appreciate listening to Tony Romo scream all over my team's biggest moment in the last thirty one years. Not bitter or anything. Yeah, not bitter at all. Not even the slice. Uh, I'm I'm also grumpy and I'm tired and I need to go to bed before I start getting real salty so um anything else before we wrap this thing up no this is a jam-packed episode it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a very very fun having football back i i am very very looking forward to both of our teams playing and honestly me enjoying the first sunday football because i don't have to stress about watching a broncos game i can literally watch all the games i want and not have to stress about worrying about how the broncos are doing so i'm excited about that should be fun I'm excited to get the season going again because I need football back in my bones. I can't, like I said, betting on baseball is no fun at all. So I cannot wait to look forward to this. 
I think it's going to be a blast too. Be sure uh, before we we get out of here on episode 107 of the Far to the Bench podcast, follow the Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore Sports underscore. Follow us at FEO TV Pod. All social media. Subscribe to both YouTube channels. I uh, am one of the co-hosts of the Talk in the Gridiron Variety Sports Network NFL show that is Sundays and Tuesdays live at about 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time right after Sunday Night Football goes off the air. Uh, you can catch me on the Sunday show, but they'll have preview shows on Tuesday. So check out Variety Sports, subscribe to the YouTube channel there. Uh, be sure to follow on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, both our feed and the Variety Sports feed. The VSN feed is super convenient because all of the shows get put out there, and our feed obviously has our shows. Uh, listen to the Top of the Mountain Fridays if you're a big Division II college football fan. And if you want to, you should vote in the Pick'em. I'll be releasing them on Thursday. The Twitter polls, now that there's only six, it'll be a lot easier to vote in all of them, too. I'm not putting out 45 tweets in a thread. It'll be yeah. six tweets. Uh, again, the games that we pick, Buffalo, Los Angeles, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Cleveland, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Tampa Bay, Dallas, and then Denver and Seattle. So we'll have those picks out there. We'll have the Twitter polls, all of that great stuff. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. We had a ton of fun bringing it to you. Follow us. Tell a friend about the far end of the bench. Become a bench warmer. Um, and I think that's everything. So that's, for myself, yeah, that's, that's, the Bula has returned. Don't you worry. The Bula has returned too. I'll put the, we'll put that out uh, before the the Sunday slate of game so people can can ride with Bula. Uh, but for that, with for episode 107, for myself, Jimmy Plato, co-host Nico Bryant, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit.